Good morning, Vineyard. Say good morning to your neighbor. And then say good morning to somebody you don't know. We are so happy to see you this morning. We're going to pray, and then we are going to uh, do some music, get ourselves centered, ask the Holy Spirit to come, and uh, be thankful, right? Thankful for amazing things. So let's pray. Jesus, you are, you are God in heaven. You are everlasting, and your love endures forever. We thank you. We thank you for the gifts of life. We thank you for the challenges that you never desert us in. And I thank you, Lord, that we can just always cry out and you hear us. For whatever you've been crying out for, I ask the Holy Spirit to come and just comfort you in those things for those things that are mountaintop experiences for you, that the Holy Spirit keeps you humble. And we just thank you for this time that we can gather and come together corporately to give you all the praise and the glory. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Everybody say good morning to our online people. That's awesome. We're going to get a third camera and we're going to shine. We're going to take that camera, we're going to point it at you guys, so when we do that, they can see you, and you can see a camera, so it's really the same thing, so but it's, technology is a wonderful thing. So if you feel like getting to your feet, you can stand, or whatever posture that you'd like to be in this morning, mind your neighbor, and uh, let's lift his name with all praise and glory. He's coming on the pearl 
Who can stop the Lord? think anything that's going on in your world tonight is big enough to stop the Lord today? Is this thing on? Hang on. Yeah, it's working. Do you guys think anything is big enough to, to stop the Lord? Do you guys think? Okay. That's all right.
this morning as we mentioned last week we're going to take the offering so if you need a second to prepare that just want to mention too that um, through the Zell program that we have set up you can give that way it's totally uh Non-fee available for that if you feel like giving online or giving through your phone. So our scripture this morning is on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So as we continue on our worship from the back of the church to the front, our ushers will come and uh, be collecting.
So, Lord, we thank you for these gifts and these offerings. Lord, we just thank you that we know this is a community that's built by you. And the call that you put on on this church for the community and our extended community outside our walls, we know that you provide for. So bless this money. Bless the hearts that have given it. And bless each person that prays and keeps this community in their prayers. We give this all to you freely and we ask that you do with it so that your kingdom may come and that your will be done. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. That's very nice. Thank you. Um, good morning. Welcome to all of you who are here in person and all of you who are seeing us um, online on Facebook or who may see us later on during the week on Facebook or YouTube. We have a YouTube channel also. Um, we're glad that you're here and um, hope that you're able to join us through all of our Advent series. We're going to be doing the Really cool Advent series called The Bright Valley. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, we have a new member of the Vineyard. Uh, Zane and Kaylee. Kaylee and Zane. Kaylee's our worship leader. Zane runs our sound equipment, AV stuff and all that. They had a baby boy. And um, they chose to name him Oliver Timothy Laurie. He was born on Saturday, November 25th. And, and for all the women out there, because the men won't remember, my wife always goes, how much did he weigh? I go, I don't know. I didn't bring a scale, you know. Um, anyway, he was, he was um, let's see, 15 pounds, 7 ounces? Is that right? No. Oh, 7 pounds, 6 ounces. And eight, 18 and a half inches long. We, we actually, in the man cave, we decided we were coming up with names because we hadn't heard the name yet. So we came up with a couple, which I think they must have rejected. One of them was Imahotep. That's a good name. The other one was um, Wolfenschlager Steen Hassenberger Dorf Sr. Which Jim, I think Jim liked that one best, right, Jim? That was your favorite. Um, today, we're going to bring us, we looked for the, what was the world's longest name? That was the world's longest name. So look it up sometime, it's kind of fun. And then try and pronounce it when you're giving announcements. Um, today, we're, we're going to start our Advent series called The Bright Valley. And um, Pastor Scott Purdom is going to bring a message called Hope is a Mountain from Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. And if you want, you can follow along on your electronic devices, you know, phones, computers, iPads, whatever you, whatever you happen to have, or a Bible. And if you need a Bible, we have some in the back there. In the back, in the, there's a bookshelf back there. And if you need a Bible, let us know and we'll give you one for, for free. Because um, I love giving away Bibles. Okay, today marks the first Sunday of Advent, and lighting the Advent candle is long honored tradition in the Christian church. 
in the first light, the first candle that's lit during Advent. And Advent basically is where we celebrate the Advent of the coming King. And when Jesus first came, nobody recognized him because he came in humility. And he came in way under the radar. And he didn't operate at all like our world operates today. He came in humbly, was born into poverty, was basically a refugee for a while, had to go to Egypt. His parents had to take him there. And, um, and that's, that's who we serve. And so um, today we're going to uh, ask Alicia and her boys to come up and, and read today's Advent verses and light the first candle. And the mom. I'm the king here. They, they so I have some participants that are going to read with me, so please be patient with us. We have the honor to do the first reading, the candle of hope, uh, the birth of Jesus prophesied in Isaiah 9, 6-7. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be our ruler. He will be called... Can you say? Can you read it? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Mighty God. Okay. Eternal Father. Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Peace. His royal power will continue to grow. His king kingdom will always be, be at peace. Peace. He will rule as King David's successor. Successor. Beginning. Facing. Facing his power on right and justice. Justice. Come on, Elijah. From now. Until the end of time, the Lord Almighty, Almighty is, is determined, determined to, to do, do all this. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Okay, thank you. We'll be doing... Pardon? Oh, back up. Okay. Ow. Trying to kill me there? 
By the way, congratulations. Zane's parents are here with us this morning. Hey, congratulations on becoming grandparents. It's um, kind of make you, I don't know if it makes you feel old or not. Haven't, haven't been there. So, um, so uh, today is our final Christmas for Kids meeting. We'll be meeting in the Fellowship Hall. We're going to have pizza from 12 to 2. I know it cuts into an hour of Brown's time. Sorry. Um, oh, it's a 4 o'clock game? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Somebody here has cloud. Okay, so to, from 12 to 2. Um, next Sunday is our All Servants Christmas Party from 5 to 10 at 7, from 5 to 7.30 at our house. And um, if you need to know how to get our house to our house, is it in the bulletin? I don't know. Next week it will be in the bulletin. So, um, and you're all welcome. We just have kind of an open house. We have food. We have a um, little token of appreciation for all of you for being a wonderful community. And um, we hope you can make it. And if you're just new, just please feel welcome. It's a great way to get to know some people. Um, our CFK Christmas for Kids giveaway, which is something we've done for years and years and years and years and years, over, I think, over 30 years, um, is coming December 9th, Saturday, um, asking the whole church to be praying for this event. Whether or not you're directly involved, please pray for the families coming to receive, that they receive more than presents, that they receive hope from the giver of life and hope. And then, uh, is, is there something we do on Christmas? I, I can't remember. Uh, kids, is, do we do something this time of year? What do we do? What? Yeah, what? what? Oh, the Christmas story? Is that something I do? No. No? Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Here's our Christmas story. Yay! I'm Cindy, and... Dee Dee's not here today. Dee Dee got another name. Not just Dee Dee, she's now Mimi. She's Oliver's grandma. Isn't that wonderful? So while she's with Kaylee and Zane and uh, Oliver, I'm going to read the Christmas story this week, okay? And it's called The Carpenter's Gift. And so let's get started. Are you excited? Me too. Nearly a lifetime had passed, but Henry could still remember what it felt like to wake up in the old shack, especially during wintertime. In those days, the Great Depression gripped the country, and like many people, Henry's parents were out of work. They couldn't afford coal for the stove or warm blankets for the beds, so young Henry usually woke up with a shiver. But he didn't complain because it was nobody's fault. He visit, instead, he visited warm places in his mind. One day in 1931, actually the day before Christmas, Henry was reading a book when he heard a loud toot toot of a car horn. He opened the front door and saw his father behind the wheel of a borrowed truck. Go for a ride, Sparky, his father shouted over the rumbling engine. You bet, Henry shouted back and raced inside to get his coat. 
Riding in any sort of car was a special treat for Henry, not to be missed. Soon he was sitting beside his father, nose pressed to the window glass. They drove into the nearby grove of evergreens. Henry breathed in the strong, familiar smell. Here's the plan, Henry's father said. See those spruce trees, Sparky? We're going to cut them down and take them to the city. Why, Henry asked, to sell them as Christmas trees, his father said. Even though New York City was just an hour's drive away, Henry had never been there before. He shivered with excitement as the thought of seeing all those tall buildings scraping the sky. When Henry and his father reached mid-Manhattan, they began looking for a place to park and unload. Driving down Fifth Avenue, they found a good spot next to a construction site. Mind if I sit up here, Henry's father asked a worker. The man looked them over. It didn't take him long to figure out that Henry's father was down on his lock. No problem, the man said. I'll give you a hand. My name's Frank. Then he turned around and called out, Hey, Mikey, Polly, help me out here. For the rest of the afternoon, Henry and his father sold trees to passers-by. By the end of the day, they had earned enough money to make the trip a success. We should be getting home now, Henry's father said as the sun set behind a tall building. What about the rest of the trees, Henry asked. I thought we'd give them to Frank and the other fellows. Henry nodded in agreement. The best presents are the ones you don't expect. You'll have to come back next week. Have to come back next week. Thanks. Excuse me. Before I start the sermon today, we're going to uh, sing one more song, and uh, <clears throat> in my growing up, uh, and in my former tradition as a pastor, uh, we used the hymnal a lot, and at the beginning of Advent, I think for, I was a pastor for 34 years, I think for 34 years on the first Sunday of Advent, we sang, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Uh, So Jim's going to lead us. The words are up there. And uh, let's sing together this uh, great hymn of faith. Come now, long expected Jesus, born to set the people free.
Thank you, Jim. Well, today's the first Sunday of Advent, and uh, Advent is part of the Christian year, and the Christian year is based on the on the life of Christ, and it starts with Advent. Uh, not on January 1st, but the four Sundays preceding Christmas. Um, and it's a time when people look forward to the coming of Christ. It's a time of examination. It's a time of uh, um, getting ready and, and uh, th- thanking God for what's about to happen. Um, there are colors associated with the Christian year, and each season uh, there are different colors, and the color for Advent uh, traditionally was purple. That's why I have a purple shirt on today. Uh, but then after, after that was Christmas, and, and Christmas tide, and then Epiphany when they celebrate the baptism of Jesus, and then Lent, and then Holy Week, and then Easter, and then Pentecost, and then the season after Pentecost, also called Ordinary Time, and then the last Sunday of the Christian year, which started with Advent, is Christ the King, uh, because Christ reigns in our hearts. So that's more about the Christian year maybe than you wanted to know or needed to know, but uh, that's what it is, and that should have been on a slide um, somewhere, maybe not. Okay. 
Is our, are our slides working? There it is. Advent, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, season after Pentecost, ordinary time, and Christ the King. All right. I'm going to pray, and then we'll read the scripture. Gracious God, thank you for Advent, a time to prepare for the coming of Christ, a time for, um, for us to slow down a bit and uh, think about the coming Christ and whether Christ reigns in our hearts. Bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name, and lead us and guide us in, uh, as we think on your words. Amen. Well, we are uh, going to be doing these four sermons during Advent are all going to be taken from the book of Isaiah, uh, or at least as our um, basic scripture. And so today is from Isaiah chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of, of the mountains, will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In verse 4 says, He will judge between the nations and will settle the disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Won't that be an amazing time? Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. May he give us understanding, and may he guide our hearts and our minds this day. Amen. Well, the title of this series is called Bright Valley. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit about how that title got chosen. It's not original with us. We, we uh, took it from another church, uh, that, uh, a vineyard church in Illinois that used it last year. Um, but as we think about valleys, uh, there are, you know, if, if you're down in the valley... Uh, sometimes you're, you're really down in the dumps, aren't you? Um, and in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, it's an amazing book, 66 chapters long. Um, it's just, it, if you want something that will bless you in the next four weeks, uh, read, read the book of Isaiah. It, it, it's, a big read, it's a big read, but it's worth it. So I encourage you to do that. But in, in that, you will see that at some times, Isaiah, this prophet of God, will confront Israel because of their sins. Um, 
and their sins were many. Um, and if, if we're honest with ourselves, our sins are many. Um, so I look back over my life, I, can, I, I don't think I can count that high. Um, so Israel, Isaiah confronts Israel's sins. He tells them where, they've, where God is displeased. But he also presents God's grace. And grace is the unmerited favor of God, that which we do not deserve, the blessings that we do not deserve. God's grace, and there's many references, of course, throughout Isaiah um, to the Savior. Uh, There's references about the Savior to come. Um, In fact, there was a musician who wrote a great piece of music based on on Isaiah, um, does anyone know what, what, what it was? Handel's Messiah. That's, that's right. That's right. And with the hallelujah and, 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 and all of that, many of those references came out of Isaiah's book. And prophecies abound. And one of the things that... Isaiah talks about is the mountain of the Lord. And throughout scriptures, uh, mountains are, are really important. There are some amazing things that happen on mountains throughout scripture. Uh, where did Moses receive the Ten Commandments? In the mountain, Mount, Mount Sinai. Um, where was Jesus transfigured? On a mountain. Who was he with, by the way? Peter, James, and John, and and, and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Um, and so mountains uh, throughout, throughout the Bible represent places of hope. Um, and we're going to talk about hope here in just a minute. But between the, mountain, between the mountains and those high points are valleys. And valleys can be dark. Or they can be bright. And this series is called Bright Valley. And the reason is that there is no valley that Christ cannot make bright. Um, and that's true. Um, and you and I have both been in valleys that we thought would never see the light of day. I'm talking about parts of our lives where... Things were just, had just gone from bad to worse. But there is no valley that Christ cannot make bright. So Isaiah is talking about impending judgment when nothing seems safe or solid or firm, but he also lifts up God's grace. And because of that, he lifts up the possibility of hope in our lives. And so we're going to talk about this morning about the mountain of the Lord as representing hope. And we're going to do it in three ways. We're going to talk about that the mountain of the Lord is the new Eden, like the Garden of Eden. We'll we'll talk about that in just a minute. After that, we're going to talk about the mountain of the Lord is where we learn to be human. And then we're going to talk about the mountain of the Lord where all 
enmity dies. And you'll see that throughout the scripture, uh, the, the scripture that we just read. So let's start with chapter 2, verse 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream, will stream to it. The mountain of the Lord is the new Eden. And Eden, of course, is where everything started. When Adam and Eve came to the world, um, God placed them in the Garden of Eden. And for a time, everything was absolutely perfect. Uh, they walked unashamedly uh, throughout the garden with no clothes on. Uh, they, they just enjoyed nature. They enjoyed each other. They enjoyed God's presence. They, God walked with them and talked with them. And, and they had free reign throughout, the, throughout this wonderful world that God had created, except, except for that one tree. And, of course, we know the story. We know what happened. Adam and Eve sinned, and their sin uh, brought sin upon the whole, the whole world and upon all of us. And Isaiah now says, in the last days. Now, let me talk about the last days for just a minute, because the last days uh, is the time that we are in now. Uh, the time between the resurrection, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the second coming of Christ. Uh, and we are in those days now. Um, Paul thought the last days was just going to be a short time and uh, Christ would come, come again in his lifetime. That didn't happen. Every generation since then has thought, well, we are in the last days and Christ is going to come in our generation and I don't know. In fact, Scripture tells us we, don't, we can't know when that's going to happen. But we are living in the last days now. But Isaiah receives the word of the Lord, and then he sees a vision. In the last, this is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Jude and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Isaiah receives the, 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 the word of the Lord. He sees a vision from the Lord. He sees the world from God's perspective. In many ways, that's what a, that's what a vision from God is, isn't it? It's, it's God showing us what he sees. And so Isaiah sees the world from God's perspective. He sees the world uh, on, on the trajectory that, that God wants it to go on. And he says, in the last days, the in-between time, in between Jesus' first coming and his second coming, that's the time that we're in now. The mountain of the Lord is the new Eden. And now what did the first Eden have? The first Eden had a world that was perfected by God, where everything was wonderful, everything was blessed, and everything was great. And we are told in the book of Revelation that there's going to be a new, 
a new heaven and a new earth. And the old will pass away, and it's going to be wonderful. And so the mountain of the Lord represents God's blessings on us and that time when God is going to restore the world and restore us. And the temple of the Lord will be established and be exalted, and all the nations will stream to it. Now, has that happened yet? No. But we're in the process. And faithfully, for generation after generation after generation after generation, people have have faithfully preached the word and faithfully uh, witnessed to the power of God in their lives. And during this, these last days, in this in-between time, Christ is going to share his love with the world and bring people into a right relationship with him. The mountain of the Lord, we're told in verse 3, is where we learn to be human. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will do what? He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Um, You might say, well, we're human, and we're already... We already know what it means to be human. We already know how to be humans. But do we really? Um, it says, he will teach us his ways. And that's good since we are made in his image so that we may walk in his paths. But the world in which we live teaches us other things. God's teaching is far superior to the world's. But the world's is easier to hear. The world's is easier to observe because we just need to look around us. Um, You know, when Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, at several points he said, you have heard it said, and then he would basically give the, the world's view, but I say unto you, and he teaches us a, a, a superior way. You've heard it said that you shouldn't commit murder, but I say to you, don't even get angry with your brother and your sister or your children or your wife or your, or your husband or your co-workers. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I say, don't lust. Jesus teaches us what it means to be, to be truly human as we were created to be. And Jesus' teaching is superior, superior to the world. And then the third thing we see about this mountain is that Isaiah's mountain is where all enmity dies. Just think about think about what would happen if verse four came to came to be known completely. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war 
anymore. And that just seems almost unimaginable, doesn't it? Because we live in a time when there's wars and there's wars and rumors of war. There's war going on right now. Israel and Hamas, Ukraine, and you can just go on and on of of all the things that are going wrong in the world right now. He will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many people. God, could you do that today, please? (laughs) That's what we want. Swords will be beaten into plowshares, and I think we need to say willingly. It'll be done not because people are being forced to do it, but because of the change in their hearts by a God who loves them. These things will have spears will be turned into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against other nations, nor will they train for war anymore. So that's the that's the picture that Isaiah paints here for for Israel and for the world that desperately needs a savior. And he even tells us how to be on our way toward that goal. In verse 5 he says, "Come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So how do we hang on to the to the light of the Lord? Come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. What does that look like to hang on to the light of the Lord? <clears throat> I think one of the caveats we have to put here is that we have to ask ourselves as we are walking in the light of the Lord, is there anyone else walking with us? And I, there is danger in walking by yourself. Um, there is danger, even if you say, well, I'm following God, but you're only walking by yourself and you're not checking what you're doing with anyone else. There's danger in isolating yourself. You know, it's like walking without a compass. If you say, well, I'm going to go from here to there, but you don't use the compass and you get off one degree, depending on how far there is, you'll never get there. And so it's important for us as as humans and as Christians to be walking in the light with other people who are, and and we check each other. Um, And I can speak from from experience that if you walk in isolation, it's very easy to get off course. Many of you know, you know I'm not going to go over my, my life story again, but it's, I was a pastor, 
And then I, I sinned greatly and got greatly off course and came close to ruining my entire life and almost ending it. Because I was not checking in with other people. I was, not, I was checking in with God, but then I wouldn't listen. But I wasn't checking in with other people. And I want to encourage you to find a spiritual friend and and on a regular basis be talking with them. It's easy to get off course. Um, So that's when he said, let us walk in the light of the Lord. He he doesn't say by yourself. He says, let us, let's, let's do this together. And, and one of the powers of, of the church is that we, on a regular basis, get together with other people. And one of the powers of small groups is that on a, on a weekly basis, uh, you're checking in with other people. And I would say for, for many of us, we need to be doing that even more often than that. Keep going. Walk in the light of the Lord. But have someone who can check you. Uh, you, you, I can't stress that strong enough. I think um, let, we've got to we've got to do that. So, what is Isaiah's message to the world today? Uh, I would say that we can use Isaiah, which we're going to look at for the next four weeks today and the next three weeks. Uh, Advent is an antidote to the craziness of the shopping and commercialization. Um, you know, how many of you have, have seen an Advent commercial on TV? How many of you have seen commercials on TV about sales? About once-in-a-lifetime sales, and then next week it's another-in-a-lifetime sale, and 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 the biggest sale ever and and you know anything you want advent is an antidote to the craziness of shopping and commercialization advent allows us to refocus to god's perspective that's you know isaiah is presenting a vision from god and it's and it shows God's perspective of how things how how thing how God wants things to be. Christmas time can be insane and can drive us bonkers or further. Well, I've always finished my sermons with a yeah, but so what. Um, so let me say yeah, but so what. Hope is a mountain. Let me let me just suggest a few things as we as we enter into this Advent season and we slow down and we get away from the shopping and we get away from the commercialism and all that. I would say first first of all we need to remember to be faithful to God. Um, you know, let's let's not go into the store and get all bent out of shape because something's not there. Or because that person just walked away with the last one of those, and now you can't get it. Uh, let's be faithful to God. Let's use the time that God gives us uh, 
to refocus our lives to be more like him, to be people of hope. Take advantage of Advent. Uh, everything doesn't have to get done. You know, the things that you think, you, you, you know, you got, if you're a list person, you've, you're already making out lists of things that ought to be done between now and December 25th. Not everything has to be done. Take advantage. Slow down. And I want to give this caution. Isaiah tells us that the vision of God says that, that we should come, let us walk in the light of the, of the Lord. But that also means it's possible to walk in darkness. My eyes are starting to get old. Um, I was reading just the other day that you know, I'm, I'm having more trouble driving in, at night now because there's cones and rods in your eyes, and the rods help you with dark with darkness, uh, seeing in the dark, and the rods wear out before the cones do. I think that's right. Doesn't matter, but. The, the fact is that I've noticed that when I'm driving in the, in the, or walking in the dark, I have a harder time seeing. I have an appointment with my, with my eye doctor next month, and I'm looking forward to that appointment because I'm going to complain. Um, <clears throat> but the fact is you can walk in the darkness, and when you walk in the darkness, you bump into things, and you, you don't go where you, where you want to go. So we need to walk in the walk in the light. Now let me just uh, finish with one man's story. Uh, Simeon, we read about him in Luke chapter two. He was a uh, a priest in, in, in at the temple, and uh, God had told him that he would get to see the light of the world. And there's a, there's a, in Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 32, another, if you, if you want to take a little break from reading through Isaiah, read through Luke chapter 2. Uh, but Simeon says this. In fact, there's a song of Simeon there in, in 29 through 32. The Latin word for, the, for that song is called and I'm going to mess this pronunciation. I took Latin when I was in ninth grade, ninth and tenth grade. Nunc dimittis, N-U-N-C, first word, D-I-M-I-T-T-I-S. But what it means is, lettest thou depart. And this is what happens. Simeon has been faithful in leading and helping with worship in the temple all of his life. And Jesus is brought to the temple. And he says, Sovereign Lord, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, 
which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. In Advent, let's stop and look at the light. Let's give thanks for Christ who comes into the world. You are prepared in the sight of all the nations. My eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And that's what we get to do during Advent. Slow down, look at the light, walk in the light. Remember the light of the world is Christ. And in these last days, between Jesus' first coming and the second coming, um, let's be faithful. Let's walk in the light. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for the light of Christ, which changed absolutely everything in the world, which gave us, which changed the world's view of from no hope to real hope because Christ has come. And help us, Lord, to walk in the light of the Lord with another person or several people. And, and let's, let's check ourselves. Let's make sure that we're being faithful to you. Let's be honest with each other. But let's walk in the light of the Lord and if that means slowing down a bit during this Advent season, so be it. But let us keep our eyes focused on you and walk in the light of the Lord. We pray this in your holy name. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Well, we are finished with our worship service. Uh, we always have time for prayer here at the, here at the front. If your way is getting a little dim, and maybe you say, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'm walking in the light, we encourage you to come up. If you have any, any issues that you want to pray about, we encourage you to come up. Uh, talk to one another. Uh, look around this room and realize that there are people in this room who care about you and who would, be, who would love to walk in the light with you. Um, and let's encourage one another. May God bless you all. Amen. Thank you.